following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcasting Network. For a full list of our shows, as well as breaking sports news and engaging feature stories, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com. I think it's week 14 of Pickin' Winners, small as you might know, but I am Tyler Laurie, and I am joined as always by two different co-hosts. Uh, first, up in Philadelphia at 7 o'clock this morning, Chris Smalls Angelo. Smalls, how are you this morning? Good. I thought you were about to announce my height and weight like a fight. Jesus. I thought you were going to be like 6'8", uh, 280, Chris Angelo's out of Philadelphia, fighting in the red corner, but I'm doing good. As you can tell, I'm... I'm excited. I think we had a lot of uh, stuff happen over the weekend in terms of college football, obviously some huge games, and then the NFL as well. So I'm excited to talk about it with uh, YouTube degenerates. I, I'm not, I've gotten better. I've definitely gotten better at introductions, but 6'8", yeah, 225, I don't, I don't think so. Uh, and then up in, up in Maryland, Andrew Bart. Bart, also 7 a.m. where you are, because that's how time zones work. You're slightly more tired than Smalls and I, but Bart, how are you this morning? Very tired. He's going to press on, though, guys. That's good, what he does. Good radio. Plays, plays through the pain. So, Bart, why don't you uh, give us a recap of last week? You had too many winners, but it ended up being too many losers. So why don't you give us last week's recap? Yeah, too many, too many totals. Tyler goes... Three and two. What else is what else is new? Another winning week from Tyler. Oklahoma easy winner for me and him. Missouri easy winner. That over doesn't get close because Arkansas just stinks. Clemson South Carolina. I think they went over in the first half. It might have. It might have taken a little bit of the third quarter to go I over. They needed one touchdown in the third quarter. I think it was fifty-eight, and we had I believe like fifty-five in the first half or something. Was, Tyler Tyler misses the Packers plus three and a half because uh, Aaron Rodgers misses Devontae Adams for a pretty normal touchdown for the two of them. Though Adams still could have caught that also, to be fair. Smalls goes two, two, and one. He ends the three and two, or he did have one, four, and one mixed in their streak. Washington State, just no chance in the snow Friday night. The Broncos, great pick. Texans, great pick. Colts really should have won, but Andrew Luck before halftime decides to just throw a couple of passes, and then they they're just down ten and really have to steal that win. So the Colts minus seven and a half, really no chance either. Me three and five. Oklahoma great pick. Florida easy. The Redskins over easy. Tennessee just dead in the water. Clemson wanted Clemson wanted to cover. To be fair. Dabo was looking to win that game by as much as possible, but the defense didn't really play great. They only win that one by 21. Matt Ryan and the Falcons, three red zone turnovers. We've got no shot at over 60. The Jags' bills under could have come in, but Blake Bortles and uh, I forget what receiver tipped a, a pick for us, no shot. And if we bet a Nick Mullins over again, just kill us. <laughs> All right, so two. I have I had two bad beats circled, and the one was Aaron Rodgers missing Devontae Adams. Like Green Bay really should have won the game, but again, we're never like you said. Don't bet Nick Mullins overs. We're never betting Mike McCarthy. I think there's a couple things, right? You can't bet teams with bad quarterbacks, and you can't bet teams with bad coaches. Yeah, if you look at if you look at the Bucks schedule, I think their overs are eight and three, and two of the ones that haven't gone over were against the Redskins where they had scored three points and had four or five red zone turnovers, whatever it was. They had, five, they had 500 total yards. They had six turnovers. Right, that's one of them. Yeah. Last week, obviously, another one of them were 
the overs didn't come in against Nick Mullins and Alex Smith. So that kind of makes sense. But Rodgers really, I mean, like he doesn't miss that throw very often. That would have been a backdoor. Instead, they kick a field goal, lose by seven. And then I had another one written down. Clemson was a bad one. They fumbled, which I thought was like a They're tough up one. 21 on the 20-yard line with about five minutes left to go, and they hand the ball to freshman five-star, I think it was a five-star, Lynn J. Dixon, and just a kind of a bad exchange between Trevor Lawrence and him. But Dabble was definitely looking to cover. If they go up four touchdowns there, I think the defense gets a stop to to hold the cover. It's probably good. That that one's I don't know. That wasn't really like a terrible beat. And then Smalls, uh, pretty lucky to push, go two two and one. But Smalls, I will give credit where credit's due. That is your first. I, that is your first non-winning week. I guess technically you tied, but you would have lost money on the juice. But that's your first non-winning week since week six. You had gone three and two and four and one. Yeah, the past I believe six weeks. So not bad from you, Smalls. Not not sure if that's po- not sure if it's possible for you to be good at sports betting. But so far this year, Smalls had seven talked. winning weeks in a row. Yeah, seven winning weeks in a row. So that's, good job, Smalls. That is <laughs> all right. Uh, no DGen story time this week. Nothing really. Nothing really great happened. But let's talk about uh, a couple things in coaching first. Smalls, you're you've always been a USC fanboy. USC. Plays decently well against Notre Dame, but doesn't feel like we should be talking about moral victories with USC. They don't get blown out. They don't beat Notre Dame, unfortunately for us. And uh, everyone thinks Clay Helton's going to get fired. And then Lynn Swan goes into the office of the athletic director, which is his own office, and doesn't fire Clay Helton. I mean, what do you think about that, Smalls? As a guy who's literally rooted for USC since as long as I've known you, but has gotten real quiet of late. Like, what are your thoughts on the USC situation? First off, I root for USC. My brother attended school right as the – he actually went into the same class as Reggie Bush. Uh, They were similar at the recruiting profiles, recruiting stars. uh, But Reggie Bush overtook him for the running back spot. But I was always a uh, USC fan. And the main reason, though – is because I hate Notre Dame. So whenever USC plays Notre Dame, that's my big game. And I knew they weren't going to win it this year. They put up a little bit of an effort, but they stink. Uh, the Clay Helton thing, you know what? I don't hate it, actually. Um, Lynn Swan, I think Clay Helton's done a decent job. Um, maybe not up to USC standards, but I kind of like Lynn Swan coming out. and They didn't make so- a bowl game. What do you mean not up to USC standards? Yeah, I mean, they did go – okay, so they went so – just, just the, so people – The previous two years, sleepyhead. That's what I yeah, said. Yeah, they, they went 5-7 <laughs> and seven this year, and four, they, and they went 4-5 and five in the Pac-12. So th- this particular season, for sure, the worst the of worst. Yeah, when they won 10-11 games last year, yes, that's still not up to USC standards, but they were winning a million games in a row under Pete Carroll. That's not happening anymore. Well, that's where they need to get back to. They need to get back to that national championship contender, which they aren't, and they haven't been for a while. But so they like want to be Alabama or Clemson is what you're saying. Well, they want to be USC. Yeah, they want to be USC. Yeah. So what do they do, Smalls? Like you, this is, I, I've argued about this on this podcast before, and it, it's time to eat some crow, right? I, I argued about this Marvin Lewis bullshit last year and how, like, if you fire a guy, you're not sure if you're going to get a better job. You're not sure if you're going to get someone better. Like it's pretty clear that Marvin Lewis at this point sucks, right? So for USC, my question is like Lynn Swan wanted the program to be stable, but do you want your program to be stable if you're an athletic director or you're a fan when you're winning five games a year? Like they have JT Daniels, who I think, you know, he was the second best quarterback recruit in the country this year. Good, not great, but pretty much the same season that Matt Barkley had when he was a freshman. So if you're Lynn Swan, you've now directly tied yourself to Clay Helton. If he doesn't figure this out, you're getting fired. But is, is this the right move? Like, do they, should they have gone out and, and tried to hire somebody with, you know, I don't know, Pete Carroll? Like, do they go throw the Brinks truck at Chris Peterson? Does that work? Yeah, I think, I think time will tell. I think Lynn Swan, what Lynn Swan is telling me, and you're exactly right, he's tying his, you know, his everything, his Everything's going to Clay Helton now because if you hire a new coach and you're Lynn Swan, you buy yourself some time, right? Because For that sure. coach yeah. might win eight games next year, but there might be some progression and they could get a big recruiting class. He's saying that Clay Helton's got a good enough team and he's going to advance these guys forward and they're going to win 10, 11 games and get to a big time bowl game next year. That's what he's saying. 
And that's what he's hoping. So it's, I, I like the move. That's why I'm saying I like the move by Lin Swan. You got to have a lot of confidence and a, a lot of onions to really be like, come out and stick with Clay Helton, who's really not like, yeah, USC, obviously USC guy and all that stuff, but he's not a big, big name that you kind of want into USC. But that's the same thing that, listen, Pete Carroll wasn't a big name coming in, really. That's, that's false. Pete Carroll was Pete Carroll was an NFL head coach. Yeah, like oh. <laughs> yeah, but but he was he was the number of what fifth choice? Like people, he was an afterthought on the list. He was a complete afterthought. So that's the, true. That's I mean, what I mean. But also too, though, the one thing with USC and Bart, feel free to chime in whenever because we're going to talk about your guy T Martin. Like they are going to have to make some staff changes. Like they already fired T Martin as the OC. Like. They, they fired their offensive line coach. I mean, he he's going to overhaul his staff. Like, that was what they told Clay Helton. Like, there needs to be some changes. And But the problem with USC is, like, they want this kind of, like, larger-than-life character, right? Like, you've got to be, you know, Lane Kiffin, like you're a movie star, or like you're Pete Carroll. And they've just gone back to, like, this Pete Carroll well over and over again, right? They had, like, Steve Sarkeesian or whatever. Like, why not just hire a really good football coach? Because it's not, like, a bad job, obviously. It's a good job. There's a ton of pressure. But, like... This whole, like, we got to get Jack Del Rio or we got to get Jeff Fisher. Like, why can't you just hire a guy out there who's a really good football coach? Jeff Fisher. Oh, my God. If if Jeff Fisher was the next coach, I would freak out. But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know exactly why they can't do that. I think they have, and I think some truth to what Bart kind of alluded to earlier is, like, they're always looking for this to go back to those times, Pete Carroll, when sometimes there's different roads that you can go and still be as successful. It doesn't always have to be this young, energetic guy and like get the Matt Liner and the Reggie Bush. It can be a totally different, you know, kind of system and you can adapt to what college football is doing now with a really good football coach. Maybe they just don't feel like that football coach will simulate into the, uh, California, the USC culture that is so, you know, lively. Although I think anyone can come in and if you win, that's a culture. It's all about winning. So it's interesting. We'll see how Clay Helton does. A guy who's, you know, 26 and 11, I guess, in his full three seasons as 26 and 13, excuse me, in his full three seasons as head coach at USC. He's got to have, you know, another 10 and three, 11 and two kind of year. Yeah, he probably has to win double-digit games next year, yes. which I don't know. I mean, like, and here's the thing, like, Oregon is obviously a little bit down, but, like, UCLA is definitely, you know, on the rise. I would assume Arizona would be better. I mean, who knows? We, we don't know what's going on in the Pac-12. It's not as strong as it's been in the past, but, yeah, he needs to win. Washington, Washington State. Arizona, I mean, Arizona State was a bad beat last week if you had Arizona. <laughs> None of us bet that game. <laughs> I love it. Speak speak for yourself. All right. La- last one in the coaching world. Just just a couple other things. Like, first of all, this is why it's funny. Like, Lovey Smith got an extension at Illinois. They went they won four games this year. Like they're I love terrible. That, but love our guy Cliff Kingsbury gets canned at Texas Tech. Uh they had been ranked at one point in this year, this season. It was probably a, a decently long time coming. He had been on the hot seat for a couple of years. But I wanted to talk about this just real quick because like if you're Texas Tech, it's obviously going to be really hard to compete in the Big Twelve on a night, nightly basis with, you know, Texas and Oklahoma. But Kingsbury is an interesting guy, and Bart and I have had a good time kind of just rumoring Kingsbury to, like, every single Power 5 offensive coordinator position. But it sounds like he's also getting some love as an NFL offensive coordinator. How good do we think? Like, he, he clearly just couldn't coach defense. But if you look around the NFL and if you look around college, it's all these people that have worked for Texas Tech and all these quarterbacks that have – Kingsbury as coach that becomes successful in the NFL. So I think where he ends up next year is going to be really interesting. My question, Barton, we talked about this. You think he takes a power five offensive coordinator job? You think he gets a power five head coaching job? Or do you think Cliff Kingsbury is going to be an NFL offensive offensive coordinator next year? What if he follows Lincoln Riley to the Cleveland Browns? Now, I thought about that. We talked about it. Apparently, he and Baker didn't get along when he left Texas Tech. No, I know. I'm, I'm joking. Yeah. That, otherwise, like, I'm all in on that. But I don't think Lincoln needs help with offense. What I would be interested in is, like, could he go to a team? Like, could he go to Tampa Bay or something? 
and work just with Jameis and you hire like a CEO. And James isn't going to be in Tampa next year. Yeah, so. that's, that's that's true. Like, but but like, what coach is like a good defensive coach but stinks at offense? And you just bring Kingsbury in just to run your offense. I mean, it totally revolutionized Matt Ryan over the last three years when they Clip when they Kingsbury had to the Bengals. You heard it from Tyler first. Marvin Lewis is getting fired. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Cliff well, he's Kingsbury. Gonna an, he's going to get an extension. Is Marvin Lewis getting fired, Tyler? I'm. I don't know. That's true. Marvin might fire Hugh Jackson to save his well, job. Well, let, let's talk about that for a second. So, first of all, hilarious that they lost. Uh, Demarius Randall handing the intercepted pass to Hugh Jackson was one of the funniest things that happened all weekend, other than Zeke Elliott dropping $21 into the uh, giant Salvation Army bucket. But what do you guys? where do you guys stand on the Baker Mayfield like talking crap about Hugh Jackson going to uh, join the Bengals a couple weeks after he got fired? Like, where do you guys stand on that? I don't you, Baker is wrong. So why? Why is he wrong? Hugh Jackson got fired. What do you want him to do? Not take another job? Just sit at home and wait till after the season to get back into it? So my, my question, I guess, is, is it's fine for you to say Baker's wrong. Is Baker not allowed to be angry about that? Especially a guy that, you know, like he is getting paid by the Browns. So it's not like he needs the money right now. And he did do kind if, of like he did Hugh do like Jackson quit and then went to the Bengals, that would be different. He wanted to keep coaching the Browns and got fired. Yeah, but he also did like a media tour of like all these things that were wrong with Cleveland other than him, and then now he's in another locker room. Like I don't have a I don't really have a problem with Baker doing it as motivation. I, I don't I don't have a I don't have a problem with it. I don't think Baker should don't also know. be happy because since Hugh has left, he has looked awesome. Yeah, Freddie Kitchens like I mean, they've been awesome on offense. They've been great. Like, they throw the ball to Duke Johnson now, Nick Chubb. Like, all these – I don't know. Like, it's just – you yeah, can everyone but Jarvis Landry's being used now. He stinks. He's not very good. Like, we talked about this. But I, I think that Cincy, they're Big getting decision fired. Miami Dolphins. Why would you hire Hugh Jackson to help you on the defensive side of the ball? Like, don't you just hire him to work with your quarterback? That's the only thing you're supposed to do. Like, that's the only thing he's ever proven to be good at, that he could be a good quarterback coach. Personally, I kind of like it from Baker. He's firing up the fan base, firing up his players in what looks obviously looks to be a non-playoff year. So he's trying to set a tone and, uh, you know, establish something within the locker room. I think that's okay. I don't think it's like... I think when he sits back and says, yeah, like if I was in that position, I would take another job too. But at the end of the day, he's a player. He's a coach. He wants people being loyal to Cleveland, loyal to the team. And he wants not only his locker room, but the fans to see how how much he is loyal to the Cleveland Browns. And I think that's really good. And that's him not being fake. That's just being a competitor. I, I, I kind of agree. I agree with both sides, honestly. Like, I'm fine with Baker being upset about it, but I do agree with you, Bart. Like, Hugh Jackson got fired. Like, he's allowed to go work if he wants to. And it's pretty clear what we saw in Hard Knocks. Like, the guy, he ain't going to go sit at home with his money. Like, he's just not that type of guy. So, I'm okay with it either way. I think, uh, real quick, do you think Baker – I mean, there's obviously, what, there's uh, five games left. Has Do you think Baker's going to do enough to overtake Saquon Barkley? For Barkley's already got, like, 1,400 – yards of offense it's going to be tough unless if he just falls off the last five weeks yeah he may he may somehow finish the season with like 2,000 total yards like 2,000 yeah, yards how do you scrimmage. not give that guy offensive rookie of the year how about the Giants though this weekend well I, I don't want to really talk about the Eagles Smalls was actually at the game and the Eagles somehow kept their playoff hopes alive but like were the Giants trying to tank like yeah, I don't I don't know four or five They're times done. for Beckham and, and Barkley total in the second half combined they they threw it away. I mean, like it, it was yeah, crazy. Don't, because, don't throw on the team with no corners. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was just a terrible second half game plan. They were destroying us, running Barkley, throwing. They were doing all the and right Philly things. Philly just went away from Carson. Carson not that good. They just put it on the shoulders yeah. of Josh Adams. It, they went to the running game, which is really smart, and they you know starting to hit people off the ball. And I think that was a huge move by Doug Peterson. So yeah, the Eagles wanted it in a way, but yeah, I'm, I think more so the Giants really lost it and gave the game away. You and our other friend who was at the game were texting like, is Saquon Barkley injured? Because he was just, he was amazing in the first half because he is really good. And then just literally disappeared. Like he was just nowhere to be found. I, the Giants, good Lord, the Giants are bad. 
Uh, all right, college football thoughts real quick. Um, playoff rankings, right? Alabama one, Clemson two, Notre Dame three, Oklahoma, or Georgia four, Oklahoma five, Ohio State six, and then I believe seven, Bart, is Central Florida, right? But, I mean, there's no chance really I'm Central not sure Florida who's get seven. It doesn't matter. You're not going to get – you're not getting those three teams above them losing. If they do, it would be pretty fun, though. Real quick, I don't think – let's just say uh, Georgia loses and then Alabama – or I'm sorry, Oklahoma and Ohio State get crushed. I think if Mackenzie Milton was healthy, Central Florida's quarterback, I do think Central Florida would have a chance to get that fourth spot. But with him hurt now, I don't think there's any way. I even think if they all those teams lose Georgia, and they don't want to put South uh, UCF in. They do not want to put Central Florida in. That is that is for sure. So let's let's talk about this for a second. We'll go down the list. Uh, Notre Dame is is clearly in. There's just no way, right? So Notre Dame is is locked into what is likely the three or the two seed. Do you think if Alabama and Clemson lost, they would make Notre Dame one, or would they just they would probably make Georgia the one seed at that point? What do you guys think? I think Notre Dame would be the one. You think so? Yeah. Undefeated. Yeah, I think I'm with Bart. You're undefeated. You got to put them at one. They'd be the one, they'd be the one seed and the dog against whoever they play. Whoever they played. Yeah. I, I think that Notre Dame, we probably just should give before I'm going to clearly bet against them on uh, New Year's Day, but. They're just better than we think. Like they're 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 a good team. Like their their defense is good. Ian Book can really move the ball. Uh, not doesn't take a ton of chances. Like he's he's a good quarterback. And we'll see. I don't. I, they'll be a. They probably would be close to a double. Di- they'd be a double digit dog against Clemson too. I I think if they weren't, we would hammer Clemson. But all right. So Bama Bama Georgia this Sunday or this Saturday in Atlanta. Uh, spread open at ten and a half. It's up to thirteen. What do we think? Bama's in with a loss. I, I don't think there's any way that they wouldn't be in with a loss. I saw something like they're the first. If they play really bad. Yeah, if they got blown out. Well, and, and this is what I'm saying. Like, people are talking about that, but like, they're the first team since like 1884 to win all 12 of their games by 22 plus points. The Yale. Yale. 1884 used to do that. Uh, everyone remembers that. And those are some good years. So that, that is pretty impressive, but. So they're they're them not as exciting because like I said there's there's just Georgia winning this game like forty two seven is just not something that's going to happen. So I, I'm assuming that Alabama's going to be in and they'll be the one or the four, uh, just like they were uh, two last year. So that one not as exciting. Uh, eleven a.m. Eastern time or noon Eastern time, eleven a.m. Central. Texas Oklahoma rematch in Dallas. Oklahoma in with a win, right? We don't think Ohio State is going to be able to jump them even if they were to dismantle Northwestern, right? I mean, that's our thoughts. Yeah, that's the problem with the big, big time. This isn't going to be that great of a win, regardless of what they do against Northwestern. And really, do you trust this Ohio State team to even cover this week? I would never bet on them laying the two touchdowns. Yeah, we talked about that. I mean, Smalls, what do you think? No, I totally agree. And I just want... I selfishly want Oklahoma in there because I'm not a big college football guy, but high-flying offense who just scores and lets up points, that's what I want to see. So I want Oklahoma in there. I want them in the four of the three seed. Whatever it is, if they're playing Bama or something, that's going to be hilarious to watch. Like, is their offense going to work? Who knows? But it might, and it might just be a shootout, which would be exciting. If there's one guy that we think could stop Kyler Murray – with six weeks to prepare or five, whatever, four weeks to prepare. Like Nick Saban's the one guy I think, but that would be such a fun game. Like, I, I don't know. I, honestly, I, I, I had saved this for stats, but I, I'm actually six and one in any bets involving Oklahoma, whether that be totals or sides. I think the only one I missed was a bad beat against them in UCLA earlier this year when Rodney Anderson got hurt. But they are good i guess i mean they're they're but this seems eight points seems like a ton for that game i'm not i don't even think texas is that good but eight points seems like a lot i didn't pick it but it just feels like oklahoma shouldn't really be favored by a ton over anybody that's perfect for a little six and a half point teaser bring oklahoma down to one and a half and then find something else uh let's let's take a quick look at the nfl card and let's tease Let's tease that with the Saints tonight. You won't get to hear that before this is posted, so we'll look at something on Sunday. Hmm. Let's bring the Rams down to to three. 
on the road. Yeah, that's a good one. Love, I, it. I, love it. In in Detroit. I got a question for you guys, you two NFC East uh lovers. So this is obviously gonna air on Friday, but the the Saints go into Dallas tonight uh, on Thursday and they're they're seven point favorites, I think seven and a half point favorites. If the Saints win, like we expect, and we'll know by the time this airs, and the Eagles beat the Redskins, everyone's six and five, right? Six and six. Six and six. Sorry, six and six. Who's leading the division if that's the case? I think it's a tie between the Eagles and the Cowboys, right, Bart? Or the Cowboys would be ahead because of the tiebreaker, but... And- I'm not going to look at the tiebreaker. I think the first tiebreaker is division record, which when there's still a bunch of division games to be played, it's not as relevant. But this is an elimination game for Philly. Yep. If they lose, they're, they're two back. Totally. And their, totally division, and their division record would suck. It's in Philly Monday night, right? It's in Philly. Yes. So the Eagles Philly, are six points. Smalls will be attending that game. And- Smalls, you got an extra ticket for me? No, I don't. And I would never have oh a Redskin fan at an Eagles Redskin game. But this is the same guy. This is the same guy who's who's had who had season tickets when we were in college and went to like one game a year. But not only that, but it's not like his family split the season tickets. His dad just sold the season tickets every single year just so they. Wow, you guys sound like loyal loyal birds fans. So yeah, my dad's had a, a for thirty two years. Um, you know, the seat license and obviously two tickets uh, to the birds. And we used to go all the time when we were kids. And then we got, you know, everyone started working, being in different places for college. So tickets started getting sold. Realized you, in money you, went, you went to college. Yeah, and I went, I went to, so my brother gets a game. I get a game and my older brother used to get a game. So that was already three games. Right. And then we'd keep the playoff tickets, which was fine. Number one, Temple basketball. Temple basketball did not allow me to go to a lot of the football. So Smalls is Smalls is right about that. Like we missed a ton of good games because of practice. There, you, Smalls. What about the? What was the game? Remember they blew out Dallas and like in. Like- I went to it. Forty-four six. Um, Marion Barber fumble. We had like three defensive touchdowns. I was. We had yeah. we had practice that day during that game. Like I remember that very vividly. Did and, you? Well, yeah. then I went to the game. <laughs> I think you went to the game instead. But Dump was like taking like a lot of bathroom breaks, and I was like fairly certain that he was going into his office and <laughs> checking big, what the score was. Big game. It's a big game. Uh, all right. So that is an, that is definitely an elimination game for Philly. Maybe even. I mean. It, I don't know. It can't be an elimination game for the Redskins. It's it's like it's not mathematically possible for it to be an elimination game for them. But like them losing to Philly on Monday night is really bad for Washington. I mean, I guess if Dal- I mean if Dallas somehow manages to beat the Saints, which I would be really surprised at. I'm, I'm certainly going to bet on the Saints tonight. But I mean, Dallas has got to be the, the overwhelming favorite if they were to win tonight, right? Because they'd be what they'd be seven and five, and a game up on the skins, a game and a half up on de- on Philly, and then they still get Philly at home. Yeah, it's a, it's 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 a huge huge game for the NFC East because you gotta assume tonight that the Saints will beat the Cowboys, and then it's it's the Eagles like they got you know I I don't really believe in them. I just think we're too depleted. We don't have the right offense right now. But you know, if you win, you're six and six, and you essentially you're. Lose the Rams, you got to beat Dallas and the Redskins. What's the total on the uh, Eagles Redskins game on Monday Night Bar? I think it was forty-four. Maybe. Uh, let me see here. It's 40, 44, and it's a six-point favorite. That's got to be an under, right? I kind of like the Skins to be honest with you. Which is uh, me too for the points. I wanted to make that one of my picks, but I remember how bad the Redskins have been in primetime games for the last, like, decades, so I just can't do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's, it's going to be fun. That's undoubtedly the biggest game in terms of, like, playoff picture. Also, Steelers-Chargers is a huge game just in terms of, course. of like, Ben Roethlisberger cannot win playoff games on the road. Like, it's just not possible. So the, the Steelers really just cannot afford to lose the rest of the year. I mean, he had... His pick to lose the Denver game, and they were losing anyway, but like his pick to lose the Denver game was the one of the worst picks I've ever seen. Yeah, even if the lineman doesn't drop in coverage, that's still a pick. It's, it's It was a joke. And then did you see – I was going to pick this for my fade, but I decided I don't like Ben Roethlisberger, so it's whatever. But did you see like – so he was critical of Juju or of, uh, James Washington. He, he like criticized him for a drop. 
And then they were like, they said something to him about criticizing his teammates. And then Ben was like, I've earned the right to criticize others in this league. Like, all right. If you thought your quarterback needed to be a leader to win the Super Bowl, you can just look at Ben Roethlisberger and be like, that's ah, not true. We can win two Super Bowls with an idiot. But so that one I think is pretty big. I don't, I don't know if there's any other like huge, huge games in terms of like the Vikings go to New England, which should be a very good game, but doesn't really have a ton to do with playoff positioning right now. I think there's some really big one o'clock games. Carolina at Tampa. Carolina's dropped three in a row. They still play the Saints twice. So, yeah, that's a must win. Seattle looks like they're definitely... Seattle's in amazing shape. They still got San Francisco twice the last five weeks. Yeah, and then, I mean, it's it's really them in Minnesota. Originally, we thought Carolina was going to, like, skate to the to the five seed, but, like, it feels like Seattle and Minnesota are probably in a better position than Carolina in the East, in the, in the NFC, excuse me. Yeah, Carolina losing to the Lions two weeks ago, and then last week to Seattle in a game they really dominated. And then the other side of the coin in the AFC, I mean, someone tell me that Indy's not going to make the playoffs. Like, we always get, like, the six or the five seed in the AFC, and they play that Saturday game where, like, oh, this team sucks. Indy's good, man. Andrew Luck is really good. Yeah, Indy and the Texans are both good. Mm. As much as you hate as much as you hate Deshaun. Well, like, he's won eight games in a row. What are you going to say? Has he won eight games in a row? He's been the starting quarterback, and they've won eight games in a row. That's a fair point. All right, let's get into fades. I'm going to just fade Deshaun Watson just for fun. All right, Smalls, what do you got for your fade this week? So my fade for this week is, again, it's more of a general thing, but I think, and I know I'm going to get a little pushback for this, but people's outrage bothers me about certain things. No one looks at what people do. So let's talk about the Redskins, right? They they sign Ruben Foster, which is undoubtedly a bad perception move. But the guy's on the exemption list, right? So he can't play until he's like cleared of this and goes through all the protocol and stuff. I believe the Redskins are paying him $257,000 to not play the rest of the way, just in case you're wondering. So I don't, I don't find it that outrageous, personally. Like, I don't, if I'm the Redskins, I don't hate the move that much because. Listen, if this where there's smoke, there's fire, right? But this is a from low... a strictly talent standpoint, it's a great move. The rest of it's what makes it. Do we know that Ruben Foster is very? Do we know that he's very good? I mean, like he was good in college. Has he been good in the NFL? He hasn't played enough. Like, but that's what I'm saying. I'm saying like the, the outrage, the the high level of outrage is ridiculous to me. Listen, the guy gets signed. He may never play. He's going to go through this whole process, and he's probably not going to play a down. But if he is, if it's all, let's say it's a false you know, accusation and all this stuff comes out and he's being falsely accused, now you have a guy who didn't do anything who can probably maybe help your team. Like Tyler said, he hasn't proven anything, but he might be able to help your team and he might be a great talent acquisition. I think I think real quick, Smalls and Bart, you obviously know just as much about this as me, if not more. I do think one of the problems with this is 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 that the Redskins were the only team to claim Reuben Foster, right? The Eagles so, had conversations. They, they no, no, no. Listen, listen, hold on, hold on, hold on. As as a guy, like we know, if you're good at your job in professional sports, you're always having conversations. Okay, so I expected that all 32 teams had at least internal conversations. I did see that the Eagles called the police, I believe, in California about Reuben Foster, which I think, like, look, you're just doing your job. I have no problem with that. But the Redskins, they released this statement about how they talked to, like, his teammates at Alabama. And then, then we found out, like, haha, Clinton Dix said that, like, nobody ever spoke to him about it, which, you know, he's new on the team. Who knows? But, like, I, I just don't necessarily, you know, the Skins, they signed Junior Gallette. Like, it's just – this is they have, like, a history – they have, like, a history of doing stuff like this, which, again – they refuse to draft Joe Mixon, though. That's good. That's but here's, stand on that here's one. the thing. It's a 15-minute news cycle, all right? So, like, everyone gets all up in arms about this, and then they'll forget about it. They, no one actually cares. That's what bothers me. No yeah, one yeah. really is right. If he's found guilty, right. he'll never play, and it won't be a big deal. If he's guilty, the Redskins will release him. Yeah, but if he isn't found guilty, like I said, let's say, so this is the second domestic violence charge that has happened against him. The first one, the defendant dropped the charges, which is somewhat common in domestic violence cases. 
He missed their game last Sunday because he was actually in a jail cell. So this is probably this is the third thing that happened to him. He had an altercation at the combine with a hospital worker during a drug test because he knew he was going to fail. Like, I don't know Reuben Foster's life. Moreover, I really don't care. I don't support people that I I assume are women or you know domestic abusers, which I think he probably is. But I, you know, I don't know that. What happened to innocent but like, until say, proven guilty, Tyler? Yeah, exactly. What I was going to say is when you have three, this is the third strike against him, in my opinion, that like, I, I don't know, man, like, let's say the charges get dropped. He ends up playing. He has a good year next year. Like, are we going to have to listen to like Ruben Foster redemption stories? I mean, this is the shit that the NFL does. I don't know. I don't know. All I'm fading, all I'm essentially fading is the out, the over the top outrage about it because it cycles. And also, we got to remember, we still don't know. It's a low-risk move for the Redskins, in my opinion. Right. It cost them next to nothing. It cost them $250,000. For a that potential team is, is starting linebacker in the NFL. I think that's like, like I, I don't think people weigh that. Like It's not like he's going to be on Monday Night Football. It's not like we're throwing him out there in play. It's not like he's practicing. So like everyone's got to like slow down and look at the facts of all this stuff. I would have preferred. I won't. I won't feign that I had outrage about this, but I, I would have preferred that no one signed Ruben Foster. Just to be clear, like on my stance, like I don't think that he deserves to get paid right now. I'm. I'm. I'm agreeing. I'm. I agree with that. I agree. I would prefer that, but it happened. And for people to get so crazy, all I see is in the news, and now you got protests and all this stuff. So, like, that's my problem with it. Just let it play out. You want to know what my least favorite thing about stuff like Ruben Foster being signed is? And like, look, I, I, I was anti-Kaepernick before he was kneeling because he took Alex Smith's job, and I'm just an ardent Alex Smith supporter. But all these people now, once Ruben Foster got signed, that was like, well, if Colin Kaepernick beat women, he'd still have a job. And I'm just like, all right, man, this is over. Like, Colin Kaepernick's not throwing another pass in the NFL. Like, can we stop comparing what everyone else does to Colin Kaepernick? That's what you should have faded, Smalls. Uh, for mine, I've got Mike Shashevsky and his comments on R.J. Barrett, but we'll go back. I talked about this a little bit on the, the show on Tuesday, Smalls, that I thought Mike Shashevsky coached the end of the Gonzaga game really poorly. They were in 2-3 zone. He had Cam Reddish sitting on the bench, decided to play Jack White. Jack White had a terrible foul at the end of the game. Then gets a rebound with like 10 seconds left and throws it over the backboard, essentially, cause can't finish because not that good. Like, put in your top five draft picks. But... In the, in the midst of that, he let R.J. Barrett, you know, the last three possessions, just drive it against his own, throw up bad shots, and they lose the game to Gonzaga. And then he had the audacity, I thought, to say, and Duke fans just cut it out. These kids aren't perfect. My kid wasn't playing hero ball. He was playing winner's ball. I'll go to war with my guys. He had the heart to do that. Jack had the heart to get the rebound. We lose. I'll lose with them. Now, Coach K's won a 1,000 games. I get it. Like, he's allowed to say whatever he wants. He's allowed to act like a dick all the time. You know, you, Smalls, you see him chuck his uh, sport coat at the manager or whatever. Like, I'm just, yeah. you know. You know. Just out on – I'm out on yeah. Coach K. Who is in on Coach K? That guy – He coached the end of the game bad. You have Zion Williamson, guys legitimately unstoppable. R.J. Baird has missed more shots on the year than Zion had even taken before their game against Indiana on Tuesday night. I just don't understand why Kay isn't able to stand up on the podium and be like, I made a mistake. I should have called a timeout. I should have said, like, hey, here's what we're doing. Oh, blame the ref. That's, that's, I mean, I'm sure he probably, no, he did. did. I also don't, did you read it? Oh, did he? He kind of, he kind of blamed the refs. He was like, you know, we probably, it probably should have been a foul call. And he kept going and he kept being like, you can't blame the refs, but they're probably RJ should probably been shooting three, all this stuff. I don't know why I'm doing that voice for Coach K. He's just a weasel. Well, it's, what a rat, it's what a rat would sound yeah, like. Yeah, yeah that's it. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah. I just don't, I have an issue with Coach K. And, and again, like this is, there's always this thing where like Jack White, for example, who's clearly a very good basketball player, but he, he's certainly not better than anyone that Coach K was playing, like not playing down, like he's not better than Cam Reddish, it's just the bottom line. But like we have this Jay Billis, like Coach K, like we got a slob on the like white dude who plays for Duke, who's like a three-star recruit. And it's, it's, it's cool, it's whatever. But like when you have Gonzaga playing a 2-3 zone and you're getting bad shots, like put in a floor spacer, like call timeout and, and, and teach your team how to win that game. And now there's a lot of people that I, I've had this conversation with. Teach them how say, to like, lose. Well, that's what Kay, that's what he's saying. Like, you know, Kay's like, all right, I'm going to let him do it without calling timeouts. I'm going to play the end of the game like this and I'll be able to use it in film and we won't lose the rest of the year, which, you know, I guess chess, not checkers in that situation, Smalls. But 
I mean, I think if I get that Coach K is arguably the best coach of all time, like that's fine. But like we reserve the right to like criticize Coach K when he coaches the end of a game like a moron. And he coached the last two minutes of the Gonzaga game like an absolute idiot. Yeah. And he's got to know that. He's got to know if he's playing chess that he, that's part of playing chess, that you get criticism, that you get called a dumb a, – I won't say it. And I don't think there's anything wrong with saying R.J. Barrett definitely should have passed the ball. Like I get that people want him to be like an alpha and they want him – like that's that's his personality. But like if R.J. Barrett's truly the number one pick, like – you got to be able to recognize that you've done this now three times in a row. Like maybe it ain't going to work, buddy. And it's okay for Coach K to say like he's a freshman. He made a mistake. Like I needed to put him in a better situation. Not this whole like I'm against the media. Like you've been protected by the media more than any coach in like the history of college basketball with the exception of maybe John Wooden. Yeah. So like this whole Coach K like adversarial bullshit on the podium. Like I'm just out on it. And this is why this is why people hate Duke when this year's Duke team is, like, with Zion and, like, with Trey Jones and Cam and R.J. Barrett. Like, they're super fun to watch. But, like, come tournament time, everyone's going to root against them because Coach K is just an absolute dick. Anyway, end rant. Bart, you're fade before we get into picks. Am I an ageist if I'm just fading UNC and Mac Brown for that? I guess I'm not fading Mac Brown for being hired. Obviously, he should try to get hired, but he's 67. Why are you hiring that guy? Yeah. Old football. Coach. Like, what's the best? What's the best case scenario? <laughs> Unless if he's Bill Snyder and wants to coach until he's ninety, <laughs> could be. Do we know what? What was like the one thing I'm waiting to come out was like, you know, was Mac was the North Carolina athletic director like Mac Brown's agent or something? Because it's just like Mac Brown seems to get a job because he's a really nice guy and people really like him. And I think it's just a boring hire, and I don't see him being there that long. Here's the thing. I think that teams in the ACC, just like I've said with teams in the SEC, Bart, you got to understand, like, if Dabo doesn't leave Clemson anytime, and, and I think there's some chance that, like, we've talked about that Dabo maybe would go coach Alabama, but there's some chance that Dabo's like, you know what, I want to really challenge myself, do something a little different. Like, he's got that in him, I think. But if the, as long as Dabo's at Clemson, like, you need to make a hire that's, like, going to do things differently because you're not just going to roll into Clemson with Mac Brown and have a chance to win. You're not going to beat him for recruits. Like it's just that, that type of hire is really boring. I agree with you. It is boring. That's good. That's a good word for it. Super boring. Boring could be okay for like the trouble they've been in. If he were going to be there a while, but I don't know. Well, yeah, if you're going to hire like a boring coach, you want to hire a boring coach who like you're pretty comfortable is going to go out and like recruit. Like we don't know what, like Mac Brown hasn't, he was bad the last bunch of years at Texas. At, at Texas, like the talent level was not good. It wasn't good. And now you're going to a worse job. Chapel Hill's an awesome place, but you're going to a way worse job with way worse history. Why? Like that was a bad, that's a bad hire. It's just not a good hire. My, my thought process was that Mac Brown worked out of like the ESPN Charlotte office and spent a lot of time in Chapel Hill. And they were like, oh yeah, that guy Mac Brown was a really good coach in the late 90s, mid 2000s. Let's give him another shot. You know what North Carolina should have done, Bart? They should have hired Mike Leach. Why would Mike Being Leach serious. ever do that? Why yeah, is he going to leave Leach Washington State? Yeah, Mike Leach is never going to leave Washington State. Uh, we'll see. I saw a private jet left from uh, Pullman, Washington and landed in Lubbock the other day. So Mike you Leach think, back to you Texas think Tech. Mike Leach, you think Mike Leach flies on a private jet? Just no <laughs> I think he does. That guy's flying like Allegiant Air. Yeah, dude. Yeah. He's flying Spirit, bro. He can't bring samurai swords on commercial <laughs> flights. Why would he not oh, fly man, private? Are you joking? This might be a debate for another episode. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's get into picks. Uh, Bar, you have any stats before we go into picks, or should we just dive right in and let Smalls pick Buffalo? No, you you asked me to pick uh, to look up how what your record was on Big Twelve overs. You picked nine games involving at least one team in the Big Twelve. Going over, what do you think your record is? I think I've only got one loss. I must have missed that loss because when I looked at this, you were nine and zero in Big Twelve overs. Well, the good news is, guys, one free win this week. I'll just start it right off. I obviously have Oklahoma, Texas over seventy seven and a half. I mean, I, I will, we'll go in order, and I'll give this after Smalls gives his first one with the stats. But I mean, clearly we're going back. To I have I have one stat for Smalls too. What do you got for Smalls? Smalls. Smalls is seven games over 500 on the year. 
in the NFL, he's 23 and 17. So college, he's a game up. But then you got to factor in that Smalls basically just picks Buffalo for most of his college winners. So non-Buffalo games, Smalls not great in college, but pretty good in the NFL. Smalls 23 and 17 in the NFL is pretty good. The NFL is hard. Like, I I picked the Minnesota game last week, or Green Bay, just so I could talk shit about Kirk Cousins. But, like, I look at NFL spreads all week, and I just have no clue. Like, I was very sure last week that Denver was going to win outright. That was, like, the only game I've ever been felt good about. I just miss NFL games. Meanwhile, Bart's over here, like, not giving picks on the show and somehow, like, winning every bet on Mm. Sundays that he texts me. And I routinely get bet slips that are winners. And I'm like, why aren't you giving these on the show? Buffalo Bills. Um, All right. Yeah. So I'll start it off. I'm actually not going with Buffalo. I'm going to go to a primetime game, the Oklahoma-Texas, and I'm taking Oklahoma minus eight points. That's a mean game. What? Not prime time. No, no, I'm t- saying that like this is a way bigger game than Buffalo, Northern Illinois, because it's Oklahoma, Texas. That's prime time to me in college. Oh yeah, that's, like that's when there's fine. a big that's matchup fine. in college, that's what I'm talking about. So Oklahoma minus eight. That's my first pick. All right, I've got. I'll, I'll just stay right in that game. I've got OU Texas over seventy seven and a half. It's just like, like I said, blindly bet Oklahoma overs. You guys don't need the numbers anymore, but. Last four games, they've been a 46, 47, 40, and 56. They aren't figuring out their defense in a week. It wasn't – Mike Stoops wasn't the issue. Oklahoma's scoring 45. Texas is scoring 40. It's 85. Just keep winning. Uh, I'm not I, I'm not worried at all that this is an 11 a.m. game. That, that would be my concern in a lot of games. But Kyler's ready to score whenever he gets up. But Smalls, I think eight is a lot of points. Like Oklahoma, four out of their last five have been decided by uh, less than eight. So – I think it's going to be a good game. But, yeah, this game's going into the stratosphere. Oklahoma's probably going to score 60. Bart? Tyler coined a new phrase by Texas Week. He called it the Hugh effect or the poo effect. Give me the Browns plus six. This is going to be a good game in uh, against the Texans. They could win. They're definitely going to keep it close. They've been awesome the last month. You're going right to the NFL. I like it. Smalls? I like it. Well, I'm taking us to a you know another big game, uh, Northwestern Ohio State. I'm taking Northwestern getting 14 points versus Ohio State. I think this game is going to be close, and I'm I'm riding Northwestern, baby. Is it possible to hate both sides of the game? I like that bet. I mean, Ohio State because like, Ohio State could come out and just dominate, right? But then I, I just don't I don't see any way that happens. Like they got the problem is Ohio State might win by a million just trying to run the score up and look good. But I, I just don't think you can con- you can confidently bet Ohio State coming out two games in a row and like no, I I, I will not wager on this game. Actually, that's a lie. I might tease Ohio State now. I'm going to Ford Field on Friday night. Smalls won't do it. I am going to do it. I'm going to take Buffalo minus three and a half uh, against Northern Illinois. Just in this situation, like, Buffalo is just a, a way better team. They haven't played each other. Northern Illinois can't score. Uh, they're averaging less than 20 points a game, although their defense is very good. But every analytical number you look at, Buffalo is uh, 14 to 15 spots better than Nor- Northern Illinois and 30 spots better in a uh, simple rating system. Like, I'm just taking the three and a half and the better team on a neutral field. Or I think I saw Buffalo was the third best team in college against the spread this year. They're nine and three. I'm not saying I, I did the under of this game or the over. It's only like 50. This is it's a weird game. Like Northern Illinois seven and five. They had one. They they went two and three to start the year. Then then won five straight, and then they've lost their last two. So it's like. I don't really know if Northern Illinois is good, but I'm pretty confident Buffalo is good. And this is in a dome uh, on a neutral field. Like I just that just to me, it's like printing money to take the team that's just better. So Buffalo, baby, let's do it. I'm going to give you two real quick, just because it's kind of the same logic behind both picks. The biggest two road favorites of the week. Give me the Rams minus nine and a half. The Chiefs minus 15. I think they both just go into their respective games and blow the other team out. I don't know about the Chiefs. So many points. Oakland sucks, though. All right. I know, but Andy Reid off a of buy is like a thing. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I, I believe he's 13-6 and six off a of buy outright, and 
this team is just awesome. I don't know. Like, like I think they're the is that are they the biggest road favorite? Like, is fifteen the biggest road favorite of the, the year so far? It's got no, it's seventeen, right? Or no, a oh, road favorite, maybe not. Road favorite, yeah. road favorite. We had a spread that was in the twenties this year. All right, yeah. Smalls, your so pay, your third. I'm one. taking uh, Sunday night football. The Steelers minus three and a half versus the Chargers. I love the Chargers. I I'm a fan of the Chargers, but I think they're coming to Pittsburgh Sunday night. This is, uh, you know, a game made in heaven for the Steelers. I actually think they win by a touchdown. Yeah, that's a real, that's a good one. I think they get back on track. Ben stinks on the road. We've talked about this. They can't afford to lose home games anymore. Like the Chargers haven't really played anybody very good. Like that, no Melvin Gordon. That's a, that's a really good one. Oh, I'm a little disappointed that that got flexed instead of Minnesota and New England because I would have loved to bet against Kirk in New England. What do you want? Three straight Sunday night games for him. <laughs> All right, I got Alabama minus thirteen versus Georgia. I don't, I don't love this. It opened at ten and a half. I already told Bart I bet this at eleven. Uh, so, but at thirteen, like I think Bama's just not going to let DeAndre Swift and Evander Holyfield, the sixty seventh, run all over them. Georgia's probably the fourth best team in the country, but I think Bama's just way better. Bama's weakness has traditionally been spread QBs. As much as I like Jake Fromm, aka QB one. It's not the type of guy that's going to get out of the pocket and really make it difficult on him. I think this is going to be like 31-17. Georgia didn't really stop two in the second half last year. I mean, he looked much more healthy against a good Auburn defense. I think Alabama minus 13 is good. I think whatever Alabama is in the first half, unfortunately, that streak got snapped. They covered every first half until this past week. I'm guessing that'll be seven and a half, eight that's, and a half. I I love that. That's the bet of the week. I think I don't see any way that they're they don't win. They don't uh, cover the first half if given it. It'll probably be eight and a half by the time it's uh, game time. But yeah, give me Alabama minus thirteen, which is a lot of points. I think uh, the under is probably good here too, but not going to take any unders because I'm not a boring loser. Bart, you have what? Smalls num- number four. Smalls. You want me to go? I'll take it. Yes. I'll take it. Uh, Jets getting seven and a half at Tennessee. I like the Jets here, baby. Let it ride. Tennessee is, they stink, in my opinion. They stink. They beat the Eagles, so the Eagles stink. But Tennessee stinks. And I like the Jets getting seven and a half points. Are you going to bet on Josh McCown? Yeah, I am. I am. And I'll tell you exactly why. Because look at that one because of the extra hook. Yeah, it's a lot of points. I mean, the Titans are not that good. A lot of points. It's a lot of points. I'm taking the Jets. Mariota was like. Pretty good on Monday night, and they had no chance to win. Pretty good. He got hit a lot. Sure. He gets hit a lot. He gets hit a lot. All right, my fourth. Give me Fresno State plus two and a half on the stupid Smurf turf against Boise. This is a revenge game for Fresno. They uh, blew a 14-point second-half lead at Boise uh, three weeks ago. But, again, Fresno is one of the better teams in the country. Uh, They're in the top ten in some of the analytical numbers that I've seen. But – I just think Fresno's better, and again, give me Jeff Tedford. I don't care. Brett Rippon stinks. Fresno's defense is like number two in the country. This is this is going to be a Fresno revenge game. They're going to win the Mountain West. Bart, your last – or we want to go to Smalls for his pick, and then we'll go back to you, Bart, or what? No, this will only be my fourth. I'm looking to end some bad juju on the year. I think I've given out like six or seven picks involving the Patriots. I've won none of them. The Pats you are suck covering – at picking the Pats, and you suck at picking the Jags. Any game with the Jags, you lose to. The pa- I got a weird feeling the Jags cover and maybe win just with uh Cody with Bortles being gone. But I'm obviously not ever picking that. The Pats just cover the four and a half. Kirk's going to struggle on the road. Brady and the offense are going to get going again. Gronk's back. They're just a different team with him. Sony Michelle looked great last week. Yeah, we'll Pats see. minus four and a half. We'll see. Smalls, your last one? Yeah, my last one. I'm taking Bill O'Brien's big chin. The Texans minus six versus the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns are hot right now. But this defense, what they do is they put pressure on the quarterback. I think this is Baker's comeback down to reality kind of game. Uh, He's thrown 74%. I think he's going to make a couple mistakes. He's going to be under fire. And the Texans win this game at home over over that six-point spread. What's the total in that game? I believe it's uh, 48. Yeah, that might be a – we might fire that one into the abyss on, on Sunday. Love it. All right, last one for me. I have no stats for this, and I have a question for you, Bart. I'm, I'm going to – we're going to Charlotte. We're going to Bank of America Stadium, and we're taking the pit Clebson over 52.5. Why the hell is this number 52.5? Like, why is it so low? 
the Clemson defense got a lot of uh, negative talk after the game last week, so this could be one of those games where they just go out and give up nothing. But you you still might hit, though. Here's what I want you to convince me of, that Clemson isn't scoring 45 points at least, and that Pitt is somehow not. Like, you're telling me, there's no way this game's going to be 45 nothing. Clemson might go over this number themselves. Like, I, anytime I see a number where I think one of the sides could score more by themselves, I am always betting it. And there's a chance that Clemson scores 56 points. I have no clue why this is 52 and a half. So what I will say, and this is where I screwed up with the uh, Missouri-Arkansas game, and I actually lost money on this myself, so don't think about this, but you have to check the weather. I don't know what the weather is going to be like in Charlotte on Saturday. Maybe it's going to be like cold and rainy, and that's why this number is a little bit further down. But I didn't look at the Missouri-Arkansas game before I bet it on uh, Friday last week, and it was like a monsoon there. So maybe that's my concern. But this number's this number's got to be way too low. I don't understand this. Like Pitt on the road scored three last week, but we've seen them on neutral fields put up points. We know Clemson can really, really score it. Like I, there's no, this game's not going to be thirty-eight to three. Like I just don't see it. So I'm I'm going Pitt Clemson over fifty-two and a half. Bart, your last one. What what's different about uh Cam Newton, Nick Mullins, and Alex Smith? One of them wears stupid hats. No, one of them. One of them's a really good quarterback who's gonna go over against the Bucks like every other good quarterback does. It's a big, num- it's a big number, right? Panthers Bucks over fifty four and a half. If I lose this one, I won't give another total out the rest of the season. Who's gonna finish the game as the as the Bucks quarterback? Because Jameis is starting this week, right? So there's a good chance that Ryan Fitzpatrick will be in the game. I in the feel third like quarter. he gets like a game and a half of playing shitty before he gets benched. So I think he's safe this week. And then next week, like, it's Patrick in the second, third quarter. Oh, my God. All right, real quick. Recrap your picks, Smalls, and we'll get the hell out of here. All right. Well, I'm starting in college, so let me get to it. So Oklahoma minus eight versus Texas. Northwestern getting 14 points uh, versus Ohio State. I've got the Steelers minus three and a half at home versus the Chargers. I have the Jets getting seven and a half points at Tennessee. And then I have the Texans minus six at home versus the Cleveland Browns. All right, I'll go in order. I got Buffalo minus three and a half versus Northern Illinois. I have OU and Texas over 77 and a half. I have Alabama minus 13 versus Georgia. Also the Bama first half, whatever that number is. Fresno plus two and a half at Boise State. And then Pitt Clemson over 52 and a half on Saturday night. One other thing I will say real quick. Before we move on, on Sunday, when totals for next week come out, whatever the Army-Navy total is, bet it under. I don't know what it's going to be. It'll get bet down a ton of points, but service academies playing against each other have gone under in like the last 85% of the game. So whatever you see that total as, if you're a guy that looks at totals on Sunday, bet that under to be able to get the best number if you're interested in stuff like that. Uh, Smalls, you're, f- you're five? Or Bart, you're five? Sorry. I assume you mean that, yeah. Browns plus six, Chiefs minus 15, Rams minus nine and a half, Pats minus four and a half, and the Panthers and Bucks over 54 and a half. Yeah, I make mistakes because you guys complain about it being seven o'clock, but in Nashville, it's 6 a.m. So just want to let you guys know I'm grinding. Yeah, central time sounds I'm grinding a little bit harder than you guys. All right, that's it for us this week. Hopefully another winning week. Uh, our record on the year, I think we finally broke 100 wins. I think we're like 101 and 90 with some pushes in there. So Bear with us. Uh, same deal as always. If you send us your five picks, you go 5-0. I'll send you a koozie. I believe we're going to have Johnny Bray on in bowl season. I'll have to look at the numbers and I'll let everybody know. But real fun this year with the Pick'em Contest. If you leave a five-star review, I will also send you a koozie. Get at us on social media. We are Create Your Shot on Twitter, Create Your Shot Pod on Instagram, Create Your Shot on Facebook, and Create Your Shot at gmail.com. Uh, other than that, thanks as always for listening. Take a listen to me and Xander Gellison on the Underdog NBA show. And then uh, Smalls and I, as always, are... On Tuesdays with different interviews, I believe we have Seth Greenberg this week. I don't want to tease it too bad. It's not set in stone, but we probably do a little bit of college basketball recap and stuff uh, on Tuesday. So tune in. Thanks, as always, for listening. I hope everybody picks winners this week.